Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Tracy, I loved uh, listening to Trey Ward as he talked to us uh, in our last episode and telling us more of his story, and I'm excited to continue that conversation today. Absolutely. Uh, Trey, thanks for being our friend. Oh. Uh, it's uh, it's cool. I was thinking as I listen to you guys talk, uh, or uh, you, listen to you talk, that you and Chris get to do this on a, a weekly basis all the time, and, and now mm-hmm. it's just seasonal for me. Because I'm in a different season, but man, I I love you and cherish you as my friend, and uh, so welcome back to Next Step Leadership, friend. Well, you know, Pastor Chris and I like to say, uh, or at least he says to me, I I used to have a friend named Tracy, (laughs) 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 because we used to know you and uh, and we miss you, we love you, and and in all sincerity, the the way that God has brought. just sitting at this table with you guys, I feel so much um, a sense of gratitude mm. for the privilege to have you in my life. I really do. Um, I've Same. learned so much from you guys, and we love you. I love Pastor Chris and the time that we spend together. I tell people that he has become every bit the pastor that any, uh, as much or more of a pastor to me than anyone else ever has been or ever could be Mm. um, in my life. And so I thank you for that. I I feel very grateful to be here. Don't brag on him too much. We have to keep him humble here. I have to live with him. So, well, you know, yeah. those headphones are a little tight over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Honest, it's not the hair. I, no. I'm kidding. Well, I'm kidding. I'm looking forward to diving into some of the uh, more of your story and how the Lord has uh, almost surprisingly mm-hmm. shifted mm-hmm. And, and moved things uh, around in your life. I think that uh, that everyone can relate to that. Sometimes it's not what you yeah. what you do is not what you thought you were going to do. So mm-hmm. kind of tell us a bit of some of that journey. Yeah. Well, when I was in high school, I remember telling my dad that I would like to be a pastor. And at that same time, I was interested in music, as we talked about in the last uh, podcast. But I, I felt that perhaps one day I might pastor a church. And I, I thought, well, how do I do this? And he encouraged me to go to school and get a degree and to do something that I enjoyed and I loved. And so I did. I went to school for music. And it was, as I said, the best of times and the worst of times. But the way that that uh, panned out for me is that I I thought that I would be in a church, in a local church, serving full time uh, from the time that I graduated from college until you know, until I graduate to heaven, (laughs) as far as I was (laughs) concerned. And um, none of my plans have materialized. Hmm. Even Hmm. what I thought I would be doing in college and be from that time forward, my plans have been um, wrecked. Hmm. And I'm thankful for that today as I'm sitting here with you guys, but it has been a process of coming to understand that what I think is, um, what I think God wants for me and what God wants for me are not always the same thing. 
And I'm thankful that he didn't give me everything that I prayed for or everything that I asked for because I would not be able to live out what I now see as um, the calling on my life. I remember a few years ago when Dr. Beecham, our friend Dr. Beecham of the International Pentecostal Holiness Church, uh, he came to Emmanuel and he spoke on the idea of your occupation and your vocation coming together, mm-hmm. that your occupation is that thing, uh, the way that I, I have retold this uh, to others, the way that I say it is that your occupation is the thing that helps you to make a living. Mm-hmm. How do you make your money? What keeps you busy, that occupied? Um, your vocation is that sense of calling and purpose and mission for your life. And if you can bring those two together, that's really... Uh, the sweet spot that we're all looking yeah. for. And uh, I think of how in my life, the thing that I get to do for a living is the thing that gives life to me mm-hmm. and helps me to participate in the abundant life, to experience the abundant life that I believe Jesus was speaking of, um, the the life that is flourishing in the, the work of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, um, Pastor Chris, you and I have talked about this before, but what does it look like to, to live out the kingdom of God, to live within the kingdom of God? And I really believe that, uh, there, so there's this verse, 1 Peter 4.10, where the writer says, let each of you use the gift that God has given you to serve others, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think about the fact that God has given each of us a gift, and... Um, the intent is for us to use that gift as we serve others. And if we can do that in a way that, you know, provides for our living and helps us to have a house and a car and put food on the table and clothes and, and go, you know, maybe go on a vacation sometime to be able to do the thing that you love to do that God has gifted you to do and to make money doing it is a really cool thing. <laughs> mm, yeah. And I think that the kingdom of God looks like everybody doing that thing that God has gifted them to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you, Pastor Tracy, have said, you know, finding your right seat on the bus, where do I fit? Where's my sweet spot that God has created me for? And I think what has happened in my life over the last several years is that I've come to realize uh, that some of the ideas that I had for my own life and my future didn't necessarily line up with that thing that God had in store for me and uh, or or had gifted me to do. I, I have almost been, I hate to say this, but somewhat begrudging of my own musicality because I wanted to do something different. And I wonder how often, uh, what, what, what I had to come to the realization of was that if God gave me the gift, is it an affront to God that I am not satisfied to use the gift that God has given me rather than to wish that I could be doing something else? Mm. See law. <laughs> wow. You know? I can so relate to what you're saying now because that was so me. Mm. I, I wanted people to, to know that I'm more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that feel. I mean, just rolling off my lips, that feels so egotistical. It feels yeah. so uh, <laughs> yeah. self-absorbed. But I, I, I catch that. It's I, real, and it's amazing to say, you know, God. But God knows where the intersection mm-hmm. of that, where the apex of that, where they correlate together, and and what you know, He's got more for us than we know, mm-hmm. and uh, so. 
Tell us more about that journey. Yeah. Well, it has been so uh, so cool to see how the Lord has used um, the Emmanuel College experience in my life uh, for for me to find a place of purpose and fulfilling purpose, but also finding that my sense of calling and fulfillment and purpose in my life has been uh, attached to my willingness to bring others along and help them Mm. find theirs. And I think that's one of the things that I have learned, even just from watching the two of you and the way that you've cared for and pastored and led people to help them find their own sense of calling and to respond to the, to the Lord. And what is it that God is saying? What is God doing? What is God up to in the world and in our world or your mm-hmm. world? And, and responding to that and leaning into that, stepping into that. And so, um, you know, I really, I really find that Emmanuel has given a place for me to do that, and my doing that has been directly correlated with helping others uh, to come along and see that as well. So, like when we go out and we recruit students on the road, or we have students who come in and they're uh, maybe tentative about their their major, they're not sure is is this what I'm called to do? Is this what I should be doing? Should I be doing something else? I find so much joy in just sitting down with the student and saying, "Okay, let's talk about this. What is God doing? What is God up to? What are the things that um, I like to use this question? What's in your hands?" Mm-hmm. And, and refer to Ecclesiastes, where the writer says, "Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might." Mm-hmm. And um, and Paul sort of uses a similar phrase in Colossians chapter three when he says, "Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all for the glory of God. Uh, do it do it in the name of the Lord Jesus." So there in that passage, he he uh, goes on to say, "Do it." heartily, enthusiastically, do it cheerfully as to the Lord and not to men, because it's from the Lord that you will receive your reward. So when we find that thing that God has put into our hands to do, I found out for me, it's not golf. I do. Not, <laughs> I know Shocking. for sure that it's not golf. <laughs> and you would think that, uh, that, that it wouldn't be that hard to hit that little white ball. But for some reason, it is so complicated. So it's not golf for me. But look at our hands. When we look at our hands, what has God placed there? Mm. For me, playing the piano is one of those things. Um, But also, I think about Jacob uh, in the Old Testament laying hands on his grandsons, Ephraim Mm. and Manasseh, and imparting something of value to them. What has God put in our hands that we can impart to others And in so doing, we are serving others uh, with the gift that God has given us. Mm -hmm. So I'm really uh, interested in helping students find that thing Mm -hmm. that uh, that God has put in their hands. And and I believe he's done it for all of us. He's placed something in each of our hands. And if we can find that, then we can find that marriage of occupation and vocation. What can I do with my hands to make money? Yes. Make a living? Yes. Mm -hmm. But if all we ever strive to do is to make enough money to have a day at the lake or to go on a vacation, Mm -hmm. then that sense of pleasure will leave us unsatisfied. 
Uh, that there is no uh, purpose in that until we find a way to marry our occupation with our vocation, which is that calling that we've received from the Lord. Mm. And if we can put those two together, um, then we find what it means to to honor Him and to serve the Lord, to serve others, not to please others, but to serve others. And as we serve others, we are serving the Lord, not people, yeah, that's <laughs> not so other good. people. Trey, I love that. And w- one of the ways that I think about that so much is uh, we are obsessed with the what, mm-hmm. what, that that we are doing, what we're doing, the vocation, the job, the title, yeah. the role, uh, but we miss the why. Mm-hmm. And that's the way, you know, I like the way you explained it. And But the way it helps me is to think, I have to remember the why. Why am I doing the what that I'm doing? Yeah. Why? To go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. It brings us back. I am to mentor and love and to love God, love people, and apply that by mentoring them and guiding them in this life journey. And sometimes it may mean sitting beside them and just listening. Yeah. Other times it may mean, okay, here, here, here are some suggestions for you. But uh, those are the what's. But the why that I do that is to help guide them in this adventure of life. And sometimes we miss those. Yeah. We're so focused on the what, what am I going to do? What, we're living in this yeah. what I must do world. Yeah. Um, and what it means about me that I'm doing all these what's. Why are you doing that, though? Mm-hmm. And we need to be at peace with the why so that it can motivate us to do the what's and do the what's well. Yeah. You know, playing off of that, you were sharing some things off mic with us that God has recently been doing. And, you know, we are, all of us care about next generation. Mm -hmm. So what are some encouraging things you see that's happening in and amongst our next generation that uh, maybe others maybe don't see it that way. And they just need a little encouragement to say, wait a minute, let me just tell you a couple of things that God is doing that you're so excited about. Would you go there? Yeah. Well, we've talked a little bit about um, the the story that I shared of a student in the last podcast and, and the way that God used an experience that I had in a rehearsal to help me remember what I'm here for. And, uh, you know, you had Lynn Sweet on not too long ago. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing uh, Lynn Sweet say at some point that the idea of a generation has shrunk from, you know, 40 years to 20 years to now. It's almost just every two or three years that you have another generation. So Mm -hmm. what that can mean is that someone who, like myself, is 30 years old can be not too far ahead of the people behind them and still be offering something to a next generation. Love it. Um, and what we're seeing, and I love to see with our students, is that uh, the seniors, the way that the juniors and seniors take under their wings the freshmen and the sophomores yeah, and sort of so teach good. them the ways, <laughs> yeah. the ways of, of, of coming to a place like Emmanuel College and getting right. adjusted and... and um, I love to see that passing down. I love to see them sitting. The other night we were at a dinner table and I was watching two students talk with one another. That that kind of relationship uh, is so special. And I think that's a very important uh, aspect of what is happening today as it relates to passing on something to the next generation. There's a, a real emphasis now on the importance of that relationship. Yes. It's hard to pass anything down of value without... Um, 
the relationship. That's because so if you receive it, you don't really know what to do with it unless there was a relationship that helps you to appreciate it. Yeah. Even if it's difficult news, uh, I had a I had someone one time really kind of rake me over the coals about something that I and I had messed up. I had truly messed up. Um, but the way that it came across was as if they were trying to be corrective, and I, I wasn't sure how to receive it. This has been years ago, pre-Emmanuel College <laughs> days. Um, I wasn't sure how to receive it because I didn't really even know this person. Mm. And it, it was hard for me to take that news. What they were saying was true, and I knew that I needed to do better. But the fact that it was coming from a person that really had only a transactional mm. relationship with me and not a, a deeper uh, discipleship kind of relationship. A transformative yeah, relationship. Yeah, transformative relationship. Um, so I love the fact that the, the relationships that we have together give us the, um, the credibility with one another to yeah. speak mm-hmm. into one another's lives and and we're all better for it. Mm. So I see some really great things happening as one generation, micro generation, <laughs> right. uh, speaks into the life of the next, and and it goes both ways. And so I'm encouraged by the students in as much as I do whatever I can to encourage them. I'm growing as much as I'm trying to help them grow. Um, mm. That's a really cool thing that's happening, right? So how is it that working through difficulties, uh, could be conflicts, mm. could be just uh, troubles or challenges, how does that factor into that developmental relationship? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, some of the toughest conversations that I have ever had have led to some of the most fruitful relationships. On the other side of a really tough conversation can be a really great new way of communication. Mm-hmm. The relationship is stronger. I know, you know, for Pastor Chris and me, when when we walk through difficulties together, we have to have some of those difficult talks or try to figure things out together. Um, on the other side of it, you're better for it. And I think it's critical that we... Learn how to have tough conversations with tender hearts, you know. Uh, I think that as we move into an era where, um, you know, you have this breakdown of institutions that's happening in our society right now, the, the lack of trust, the lack of, um, the lack of respect even for the institutions. Mm-hmm. I think that where things are going now is that we have to have relationships and only uh, those, as you said, transformative relationships can sustain the crises and the difficulties. Uh, if we're always leveraging positional leadership, we're, we're really losing ground uh, because eventually that doesn't work. That, that doesn't carry the weight that is needed for the moment. Um, so I love the fact that you can have, and I think now that I'm 30, <laughs> I, I'm beginning to, I'm out of the decade of where, my, where the students are for the most part. Uh, you can have some of those tougher conversations and also understand this is so that on the other side of whatever is happening right now, we will all be better for this um, and, and wiser for it. I don't think that you can grow with wisdom unless you have an openness to learn from your experience 
And, uh, and the relationships allow you to have those kinds of conversations that help you to learn from the experience and gain wisdom. Mm. Well, both of you guys are examples uh, to me and to many people of caring, of loving, of serving and mentoring and making a positive difference. So, man, I'm honored to be your friend, Tracy. And, Trey, I'm honored to be your friend. Same. And uh, we're on this way. journey, not alone, not in isolation. We're on this journey together all trying to find ways to make our next steps our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.